and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. In for Wolf is Lorenzo Alexander. So what's going on, man? Yo, I'm good. I'm good. The only thing that's kind of messed up today is my setup. You know, I forgot my, my headset that I normally have a little bit more freedom to move, so I'm yeah. trying to get comfortable but stay close <laughs> to this mic. Uh, but other than that, man, hey, those are small problems compared to other people that's what's, what's going on. So I'm good. I'm great. Right, doing well. That's a solid. You got a solid Bill's hat. That's like a, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Repping my man Spice Adams. Got the ugly Christmas sweater on, you know. Uh, so yeah, life is good, man. I love this this time of year, the giving, the serving. Right, it's an emphasis on it, and so everything's going well. Yeah, that's great to have you in here. Certainly, we have Zoe on a lot, and, uh, and get get him for the next four hours, which is perfect timing because we're going into a big weekend of football. Um, maybe not necessarily for the Cardinals, but for the rest of the league. We're going to start with uh, with the NBA though, and the Suns yesterday getting a win. Zoe, look, the Clippers didn't have Kawhi, they didn't have Paul George. Right. That's you know essentially their choice to do that. I was kind of surprised like you would think they would hold Kawhi for the game against the Suns uh, but either way they didn't have those guys but the Suns got Booker back and the Suns won a game and it, big picture right now that's kind of all I care about I don't care who they were playing right right and you know as far as Kawhi you know I, you know we all know there's no real emphasis on the regular season. That's kind of become the new norm, which yeah. I don't know if I necessarily like uh, because you see a, a ton of blowouts and because people sitting out and is you know the, I don't know if I'm not going to say they're not trying hard because the guys that are out there are, but I don't know if every superstar is. Are they coasting just yeah. trying to get to the playoffs? So it's kind of really hard for me to watch the games. And I watched it last night, right? But um, just to see what D book and what CP3 would look like, um, you know, playing together and and um I'm glad they won, right? Get off that was a five-game skid, right? Yeah. Anytime you can kind of get back in that win, win column and start moving the right direction. But, man, the cat that I've really enjoyed, right? You know, I'm the underdog guy, and, you know, that's kind of been my, my story as far as being undrafted. I always gravitate to guys like Josh Okoji, right? Watching him, especially his last two games, blocking guys, dunking on cats, just playing real energetic. Um, and I don't know if he's going to continue to develop and be a staple of this team or be able to be a staple in the NBA, but – Taking advantage of his opportunities um, has really been cool to watch and get more minutes and just being productive and effective. Uh, he only had like 11 points last night, but he had a plus five, right? It's nothing to write home about, but if you watch the game, you can just see his energy out there and the way he flies around. I know Monty's really big on that as far as impacting the game, just with your, your effort and your attitude. Especially right now, because these last few games when he's really, when he's been running around out there playing like that, it has stood out. You know, and last night yeah. the Suns played well, but here, this is Chris Paul after the the game talking about a Kogi. It's crazy, man, to see it, you know, in person, night in and night out. Some of them plays you just you just don't see. You know what I mean? That block you did in Houston, you know, we was talking about a lot of times when the shot clock running down, the guy about to shoot it, guys just stop playing. He doesn't stop playing. The energy, the effort that he plays with is contagious. Yeah, we were talking to Kevin Ray yesterday. We asked him about a Kogi just because in this in this stretch here, he's kind of, any minutes he's gotten, he's, he's made sure he's stands out, right? It's what right. you have to do 
too, when you're a little bit off the radar. So I wonder if they're going to have a role for him going forward when everybody's healthy and Cam Johnson back and all these guys, right. Aiden's back. But I, he's doing what he can do yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kogi's really taking advantage of it. And I think that's the only thing you can ever do. Um, and it's always, you know, NBA, I don't, I don't know the inner workings of it. That's one of the things I don't, because for, for at least on the football field, right? You get an opportunity, at least you got special teams, right? When these guys yeah. start coming back, there's only so many, so many minutes and so many type of roles you can have. And you hate to see a guy like that kind of get pushed back. But obviously you want those other guys back healthy and running in the rotation. And I know it's a whole bunch of analytics that probably says those other guys are better. But when a guy steps up like that, man, can I just get a, a little role somewhere? Yeah. You know, it's kind of harder in basketball, though. Well, you remember, the, I mean, I'm sure Monty Williams, like you said, Monty has talked about him. And Monty, it, it, that's, that's something they've kind of been missing at times this year. It's it's not that they never play with energy or just that sort of like, okay, I've got this motor that's going to run no matter what the score is. But you know, like the Boston game, he was the only good thing in that Boston game. They lost. They were down by 45. They lost by 27. Big deal. But he had 28 points and seven yeah. rebounds, and it was the way he was playing that I have to think if they look flat in a game in February, even if they have everybody back, Monty's going to be like, I know he won't be flat if I put him out there. Correct. And and that's what you want to see. That's And, and that's the biggest thing that young guys um, need to do, right? It's, it's all about guys can play, right? He's obviously on a roster because he can play, and a lot of guys are on rosters because they can play, but they don't get to play, especially when you talk about playoff time, because can I trust you in those moments? And yeah. right now, he's building that trust, obviously, with his teammates, but obviously with Monty, to the point to where, where, where you want to put Monty in a hard position. It's like, man, I know we got guys coming back, but this dude, I trust him, right? And so that's all he can do. And so that's what I, what I like, and we'll see how, the, obviously, the rest of the season kind of develops and unfolds, and whether or not he'll have a role as his team is kind of gearing up to get ready for the playoffs. As far as just getting the win and it not mattering who it was, this is Monty Williams afterwards. Just a relief, to be honest with you, just to get a win. And, you know, as I said in the pregame, the way um, we played, especially in the first half, second half, there was a bit of a, a letdown, for sure. And um, we have to build stamina right now with guys coming in and out. Some guys are, you know, losing rhythm because they've been out or their conditioning is whatever. I think we got to get to a place where we build the kind of stamina that it takes to play the way we did in the first half. I thought it was phenomenal. In the second half, uh, we did not defend as well, and we did move the ball as well. You know, we only had 10 assists in the second half. And we, we should have had... 30s, high 30 assists. Um, we missed some shots for sure, but it is a relief to get a win. It's a, a, a relief to see us play uh, the kind of basketball, especially from the defensive side of the ball that we played in the first half. Now we just got to start stacking halves. It was, I think you kind of yeah. hit it earlier. It was, and the Suns won the game, and they were up 64 37 at halftime. That was a tough watch in the second half. Yeah. That was like, okay. <laughs> and it was, it was like a later game, so it's like, yeah, okay, I'm watching it because I want to see the Suns win a game again. And also, you know, we've obviously got to watch it for work here today, but I was like, I wonder how many other Suns fans are, are sitting up right now at 11 o'clock at night watching this game that's not. The, the, the Clippers kind of mailed it in, and the Suns, like Monty just said right there, were kind of like... Right, human nature kicked in. Yeah. We're blowing these cats out. Yeah. Let's relax a little bit. Um, and, you know, obviously Monty's always going to... Even when they get beat, right, 
Um, I think Monty's always looking for the standard, right? Because you can't – some nights you're just not going to make shots, right? Yeah. Some nights offensively you just don't have it, but you can always have a defensive mentality and effort and attitude in the way you approach it regardless of what's happening on the offensive side. And maybe you're getting blown out just because you're not making buckets, but you can minimize the damage by having the attitude compartmentalizing with the defense. And so sometimes it can work both ways, right? You're missing shots – you kind of relax uh, or you, you, you're disappointed because you're not doing well on offense. So it impacts your defense or you could be up killing cats and then you kind of let off on the defensive end of the side. Right. Yeah. And I think mine is always using that defensive mentality as the barometer as far as how well his team is playing, because you control that as far as your, everybody wants to score points. But who wants to lock down even when it really doesn't matter? But who's going to still have that same attitude and effort to play on the defensive side of the ball? And that, that was such a foundation for this team really ever since Monty Williams has gotten here right. but it, it was it was so on display last year of okay even if we are blowing you out or if we're having an off night you're not going to get past our defense like you're going to struggle going you're going to struggle to score on the Suns and that hasn't been the case lately right and I think they're trying to figure that out right because you hear guys uh, you, you know it's kind of been this whole concept around try hard right yeah and the, this only being the regular season and I, I you know obviously there's something to that you know typically I don't watch it I think a lot of people maybe not watch basketball until Christmas right that's kind of the kickoff with the NFL season kind of winding down yeah. you get that crossover and then kind of have the hat second half of the NBA season guys trying to jockey for positions but you everybody doesn't have the ability to just to kick it in right and especially coming from the era that Monty Williams is coming from when you played 82 games and you was locked in and you was fighting tooth and nail and that's that's where he's coming from and so I think they have to find a a, a balance in in what that looks like when I'm on the forearm plan hey I need to be out here going hard and maybe they you know if you're not if you want to minimize this guy's effort then you sit guys right and I think that's where it's always trying to find that balance of when I'm out on the court there's a standard but I never want to kind of coast just because I don't think it's, it's this game doesn't matter in the end run because that, that can lead to bad habits unintentionally when the games do matter. Yeah, I think we saw that unfortunately <laughs> last year. And then you get Mikel Bridges who's still playing until the end of the game yeah, basically. He, just put he can't, he, yeah, he can't help himself, man. That dude is just an energizer bunny, right? He's Every once in a while you'll see, and I, I don't want to say every once in a while, it's probably more of these guys, but you see guys that Man, you playing in the wrong era. Yeah, he's from guys, Money right? Williams era, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, you play. <laughs> this is not your era, man. You 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 look different. You playing different. Your mentality is different, and it's always a brush of fresh air because you know, obviously, we all have a nostalgic feeling when we think about that eighties and nineties, you know, yeah. style of basketball as far as the effort and attitude. Uh, the 2022 college football playoff semifinals coming to State Farm Stadium December 31st, featuring number two Michigan and number three TCU as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. All right, we come back over to football. How realistic would Sean Payton to Arizona even be? And another potentially odd twist with the Cardinals. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Zoe is in for Wolf. It's uh, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is 
Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning. Lorenzo Alexander is in for Wolf. So this is, uh, <laughs> you figured, okay, here we are going into week 15 of the NFL season, right? You know, good NFC West game last night. We're going to talk about that. But, right. But you, you, you hoped at the start of the season, you figured at least whether the Cardinals have a good year, make the playoffs or not, at least going into week 15, we'd be talking about football, right? It's Friday. We have barely talked about the actual matchup with the Broncos, and we were going to get into something here. But now we have to at least react to this press release that came out about an hour, maybe a little bit longer than an hour ago. Um, it's basically Sean Kugler's attorney. So remember, Sean Kugler was let go by the Cardinals right. uh, after an incident on November 21st in Mexico City. Um yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna read you. Right, go ahead. It's, it's, you know, adversity is never easy to deal with, right? So just uh, go ahead and read the statement, and we'll go from there. So this is this is Kugler's attorney he said, "Quote: The allegations against Coach Kugler are simply untrue, and have caused Sean, his wife, and family enormous personal and professional damage. Coach and his family have been desperate to understand from the Cardinals' front office and others what rationale or evidence was used to terminate him for cause." Unquote. So right there, just the way the story kind of it like percolated and then disappeared. I don't know. I think a lot of people just kind of assumed, okay, Cougar got in trouble, and we're not going to hear from him because you know he got in trouble, and that's you know the team moves on, the fans move on, right? But you get that now. I know it's an attorney, and I know that there's, there's a lot of legal stuff, but then you also have this uh, this quote from Sean Coogler uh, in the statement. Quote, respecting women is a core value for me and something I have instilled in my children and the players that I coach. The mysterious allegations by the Cardinals are untrue and I want to clear my name. Be it a miscommunication or mistaken identity, my family and I will cooperate fully and honestly with the NFL, Cardinals, or any other agency to get the truth in this matter and restore my reputation. There are incredible people that work in the game from league level to my players, fellow coaches, and incredible support staff. I simply want to get back to doing what I love and would like my family to have peace. Unquote. So, <laughs> those are, again, I get that it's legal, but those are two pretty strong quotes that are suggesting Sean Kugler is not just like, ah, I messed up, sorry. Right. And the one from the attorneys even going after the Cardinals. So this is ugly. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a, it's a hard it's a hard situation to deal with, and um, obviously when you're the one that's being accused and you feel like it may be unjustified, you you want to fight for yourself, right? I mean we live in, in in America where you're technically supposed to be right innocent until proven guilty, and so he has an opportunity to to lay all the facts out there and, and get things um, um, analyzed and 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 investigated by whatever party has to go through that process. Process, whether it's the NFL, whether it's a third party, to really um, allow him to either be uh, found guilty or innocent. And I think we all have that right. And so, you know, obviously in our country, our, our culture now, most of the time when people are accused, they're, they're all, it's almost a flip, right? You're guilty yeah, until, until proven, proven innocent, innocent and which, yeah. is, which is unfortunate, right? Because everybody is their own, own person, but... I don't even know what the numbers are. When we hear like all this coming out, and we when we got 
and we let you go. Normally, where there's smoke, there's fire. And yeah. So that's I think people just tend to think like that anyway. Especially the court of public right? opinion and, and social media. Of, right. And yeah. when we hear all these other stories where people say, well, I didn't do it. And well, mm, did, you didn't. Right. After all the evidence comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, but, you know, that's uh, that's just what the culture is. I think Sean still has the opportunity to, to again, uh State his perspective, state the facts, get all the facts out there, and then allow uh, the legal system to, to make its judgment. And obviously, public opinion is going to be different than whatever the legal it comes out to. It could be the same, could be different. Yeah, there's um, no rhyme or reason. Rhyme or reason um, as far as as far as what that looks like. Um, and so it, it's just it's just so many scenarios that could have happened when you're in Mexico and hanging out and and what really went down. And if you feel like from your perspective, it's me. I no, I don't feel like I'm justified. But from somebody else's perspective, it could be completely different. And that's why you got to have kind of go through the process. Well, there is. We just got a statement from the team too. So okay, we're, everybody was kind of waiting on that. It's uh, this is from the Cardinals, quote, as an ongoing legal matter, we are going to refrain from comment other than to say that the team is confident the process will result in a much different set of facts than those presented today and that it had good cause to terminate Mr. Kugler's employment, unquote. Yeah, so, of course. Right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> they exactly you, you, should, you should expect that. Right. Too. <laughs> right. And then on top of his name, obviously his livelihood. Right. Because when you get fired with calls, I don't I, you know, I don't think you get paid anymore. Yeah. You know that that you know right, and so and you're probably not getting another job in the league either. Um, well, it depends. Yeah, it depends, it depends. On, on what it is because we've seen guys get get jobs because it is a relationship business. You, my guy, I'm gonna take care of you, right? Um, but from a financial from a financial piece for you to be able to provide for your family, that also means something too when you get fired with with calls and so how that works out um whether or not i don't know how many years he had left on his deal getting fired and terminated right and yeah so if nobody else is going to pick you up immediately that's some hardship that you have to deal with as well that's also a piece of this right that's probably not the primary piece right his name and and who he is as a man is probably the primary piece but that's also a significant piece that matters as far and i don't know the financial situation of his family but that matters as well in this whole thing no and you're right i mean it, that's that's a big thing and, and i just go back to that quote from him in there that he said respecting women is a core value for me and something I have instilled in my children and the players that I coach now I have no idea what happened in Mexico City obviously right. but if 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 he really were innocent uh, yeah I would assume he's pretty livid right now because it's his reputation not just publicly but also with his family and his kids I mean how are you supposed to tell your kids to do something if everybody on TV is saying you did the exact opposite right Right. right. so well, I don't know we've got his statement we've got his attorney statement we've got the cardinal statement now um Boy, just every day, every day with this team this season. Yeah, I mean, and you know, for people, this is not like a, a one-off. I mean, this happens around the league. I mean, I played for the Washington Commanders, you know, right for seven years, and not to drag them into this, but that's an organization that has had its own set of things. Even now, when I played, and, and still today, and so it, it always comes back to right the top, the organizational structure, right? Hiring good people, right? And and that's just going to minimize the opportunity for these things to happen because people are going to be people, right? You're in a bad situation, whatever you may be doing and things happen, but you want to minimize that by making sure that character is first. And that's why I'm always preaching. And I think teams that do that look for character, then talent. Yeah. 
tend to minimize these type of situations from happening within their organization because um, you can never prevent it, but you can definitely do things to minimize and help make sure that it doesn't doesn't happen. At least you know the four Not or five. On this you scale, know, this, yeah. this scale, you have a couple of different coaches, you know, maybe a couple of different players that that get into it, and I'm just just talking about just. Uh, organizationally, not specifically the Cardinals, um, and you know all of the 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 distractions that come along with those type of actions and behaviors. There seems to be you know a team every couple of years that just has a season where it's like I I mean by the time you get to week fourteen it's like okay why why are you even still playing out like the Raiders last year the Raiders and they made the playoffs yeah but that. see the Raiders is a little bit different and in the sense of and I played for the Raiders and I and I and they had a whole ton of stuff right yeah uh, very similar, you know, and they even had, you know, with the, the Henry Ruggs, they had the, the John Gruden, um, but Derek Carr is, is it, and I know he gets kind of looked over as far as his quarterback play, but human being and leadership, um, it, it's not too many guys that I will put ahead of Derek Carr when it comes to being a human being and leadership and be able to rally guys, and that's what you sometimes need, and I don't know if this team has that figure right they have Buda Baker but I don't I don't you know not being a quarterback or being that centerpiece I don't know how they're responding to him right yeah. so it just it, it's two different obviously guys and teams but you got to have that centerpiece and Derek Carr did an excellent job I think of leading that team out of that it's it's unbelievable uh and it yes there's plenty of other teams that have gone I don't remember the Cardinals having a season like this though I know they had seasons with worse records although at this point <laughs> four nines were right. pretty bad for them too but but just all the stuff it's like yeah you'll have yeah all know, the non-football stuff too right that's even talk that, about football that's, right, that's the them. that's the worst you know dealing with an injury or a guy dropping a ball or miscommunication on the field right those yeah. are you know very small things in comparison to what we're talking about and and, and the Coolers, Coogler's case, right? Um, and so those things are easier to handle because I can see the problem. I can do a drill. We can have a conversation. Maybe I have to release you, whatever that may be, get a new guy in. Those are things that I can handle that are within the football context, what we all want to talk yeah. about, right? That's why we got into this, this right? Is, to talk about so sports. Like, to your point, you, what you're talking about now, you got to bring in lawyers who, I mean, all I'll, this I'll, jargon and talk a certain way. I, I, don't, I don't even want to touch it, right? But we have to because we got people, you know, that are that are uh, behaving a certain type of way and you got to discuss it to, to kind of shine light on it. I don't know how many times I've had to read quotes from attorneys or you know all caps uh, <laughs> tweets from agents or whatever this year. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Cardinals face the Broncos on Sunday. They have an actual game. We'll preview that game with former Bronco and the co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Brandon Stokely, he will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from Inside Enemy Base Camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting canvasannuity.com. All right, the Cardinals do have an actual football game coming up on Sunday in Denver against the Broncos, and we are joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by Brandon Stokely, the host. Stokely! Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, all right, Brandon, thank you for the time. I got Lorenzo Alexander here with me uh, as well. Um, boy, it's a mess over here. How's your team looking? Yeah, uh, it's a mess here. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a disaster here. It's been the expectations were so high this year. 
Uh, you make the move. You finally get a quarterback. First time we're going to have a quarterback here since Peyton Manning. We're going to be able to match firepower finally with the Chiefs. And it's been so far, it's been worse than ever. That's the problem. It, it hasn't even been close to being good enough. And you're supposed to be having a new head coach, an offensive-minded head coach that's going to you know, bring some of that, that new age stuff here with Russell. And, man, it has fallen so flat on his face. And it's been a national punchline, it seems like, week in and week out. So, yeah, that's how things are going over here. <laughs> sounds sounds familiar. Um, specifically with Russell Wilson, it, it seems, at least from the outside looking in, it seems to be two different camps of, okay, this is all Nathaniel Hackett's fault or it's all Russell Wilson's fault. In, in your perspective, how, how much of this is is salvageable? I mean, because like, Russell Wilson actually on his way out of you know with the way he's playing, or is he going to be able to turn this around at some point next year? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I think everyone shares blame here when you look at um, – you know how bad it's been. It's not just Russ. He's played awful, uh, obviously. But on top of that, Nathaniel Hackett hasn't helped himself with how he handled training camp, how he went about um, the practices, the structure of training camp, and the injuries that they've had. Uh, but certainly, you know, they signed Russ to the big contract extension um, during training camp, and that thing had, they had two years left on the contract, so that thing's not going any anywhere. It's going to be hard to get out from under at least for the next year or so. So you're going to be stuck with that for a couple years um, at at the minimum moving forward. So I think moving forward, I, I don't think Hackett is back. It'd take a miracle for him to get back. You're going to have to find a head coach to get the most out of him and get the best out of him and try to get him back playing at a high level. That's going to be your number one goal for the Broncos. So as the Cardinals defense, and, and, and how you doing this, Lorenzo Alexander, as the Cardinals hey, defense um, uh, uh, looking at uh, this Denver's offense, what are some of the things that Russell Wilson and his offense is struggling at, like some tangible things? Has it been turning the ball over? Has it been, um, you know, red zone efficiency? Uh, what has been, the, the like, two or three of the reasons why they haven't been able to put up at least 19 points, right? If they were able to do that, it would look a lot different from a record-wise for you guys. It absolutely would. I think you go with E, all of the above, it's been everything. You know, they just have trouble scoring touchdowns. They have trouble making explosive plays. Um, and, you know, they they haven't been turning the football over a lot. That's been the one positive here when you look at um, how they've, you know, bad they played. Well, they, even have, they haven't turned it over a whole lot. So I think uh, overall it's in finishing off drives. They – the lack of playmakers offensively is is alarming when you look at the, the lack of skill position guys. They, their best running back, Javante Williams, gets hurt early in the season. And it's been a, a mix and match of running backs since then. And, and wide receiver-wise, there's just no speed. There's no deep threat uh, playmaking ability that scares a defense. Talking to Brandon Stokely, uh, Brandon, the defense of the Denver Broncos has been outstanding. Zoe just mentioned it. If they were just able to score 19 points each week, you'd have, I think you'd be 10 and 3 if you could do it in regulation each week. Um, that, what, what is, what has been so good about that defense? And I guess the second part of that question is, is there a rift forming on that team? If, if I'm on the defense and we're holding the opposition to, you know, 16, 17 points a game and we're losing every week, I would think that would wear on me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the concern here. Now, we've got four weeks left, and they've had some bad, bad moments offensively where they, they just haven't been able to get over 10 points, and they're losing games 10-9, 12-9, like low-scoring close games. That wears 
on you if you're one of these defenders here in the Broncos locker room. The defense has been solid. The thing that's been holding the defense back and that they've been able to do the last few weeks is get some turnovers. They haven't been creating the turnovers. They've done that the last uh, couple weeks. They should have beat Baltimore a couple weeks ago. Um, and they, they had a chance to get the Chiefs, and they intercepted Mahomes three times. When was the last time Patrick Mahomes has been intercepted three times? It just doesn't happen. So they're starting to create the turnovers. It's a good, solid group that plays hard, and, and they're a fundamentally, fundamentally sound uh, group. And so that that's obviously – you know, the biggest concern moving forward was, you know, would there be a fracture in that locker room? So far, they've been able to hold it together. Going back to Russell Wilson for a second, he's questionable for this game. Is there any sort of update that you guys are hearing? That, that, I mean, I, I talked, to, I think actually to a couple guys from your station yesterday, and they were saying they, they were expecting him to play, but that was more of a gut feeling than anything else at that point. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to see. Look, Russ is going to show up and compete. That's one thing you've got to give him credit for. He, he's not backing down from a challenge. This season hasn't gone well, but he, he's going to show up and, and compete if he can. Now, you have to protocols you have to go through, but so far he's hit every step along the way. He's passed every test, so uh, I'm expecting him to do more today at today's practice, and I'm expecting him to start on Sunday unless someone above Nathaniel Hackett steps in and says, we're going to rest him for one more week being the general manager, George Payton, or the new owner, uh, Greg Penner. If that doesn't happen, uh, Russell Wilson, I fully expect him to play on Sunday. Brandon Stokely joining us. Brandon, I got one more for you. Here the conversation is, okay, what, what can you do when the season ends to fix it going forward? And there's, It's complicated here. It's obviously complicated for you guys because you don't even have that first-round pick this year. Is, is, there a, is there a popular plan for this team that might be realistic beyond just this season? No, I mean, that's the problem. You know, right now the Broncos are looking at the number two pick overall in the draft. Well, that pick's going to Seattle. Uh, so that would be nice to have, a, like a consolation prize. Yeah, you stunk all year long, but you get the number two pick in the draft. Let's go. Uh, well, that pick's no longer. They do have a late first-round pick, which would be the 49ers pick that they got this year from the Bradley Chubb deal. Um, and that's going to be a late first-rounder. So there's really not any great option to flip this thing around really quickly. Need more explosive players offensively. Need more skill guys. If you're going to get this offense up to speed and help Russ out, that's the problem now. It, it look, it's looking like Russ needs help. We were hoping that Russ would help everyone around him, right? That's what those upper echelon quarterbacks do. But right now it's looking like Russ needs help, so they're going to have to try to upgrade the talent around him as much as possible to help him out, and that's the depressing part. Brandon, we appreciate the time, man. should be a, a, a very interesting game on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks All a lot. Brandon. That's, that's Brandon Stokely joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, one of the best games in the NFL this weekend. we got five-star games next. It's Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Stokely! Wow! The NFL's best games as predicted by Ron Wolfley and Luke Lipinski, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook.
right, it is time for five star games heading into week 15 of the NFL season. Uh, we'll get into what happened last night in that San Francisco Seattle game. I don't know that I would have had that as a five star game, but that was that was one I was pretty excited to see, and I guess probably played out the way that uh, that most uh, would expect it. Of course, uh, Lorenzo Alexander is in for Wolf today, and so I can tell you when when Wolf is here, he is extremely picky when it comes to a five star oh, game. Oh, believe me, believe me, I, I know how picky he is. Very stringent. I say, and 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 I, and I don't know. Sometimes you got to know what people metrics are. Yeah, I think he just wants to see a bloodbath and just wants to see just two great teams going at it. Yeah. And when I'm looking at five-star games, I'm actually looking at maybe what the implication of the games could be, right? So I think that's two different ways you can look at seeing a five-star game because you can have maybe two non-playoff teams or one bubble playoff team and one that's out. And because, let's say, it's a divisional game, yeah. in my mind, it has some playoff implications. It may be worthy of a five-star game. You've even got some teams, I don't know why the schedule's like this this year, where, where you've got division rivals that are playing like last week and this week. They hadn't even played yet. Right, they yeah. But they'll play their last one in week 18. So yep. I, I think I'm closer to you on the spectrum. Sometimes Wolf will throw out a game. And, and like you were here for the Chiefs-Bengals one. He's like, no, it's not a five-star game. <laughs> but then he'll, he'll throw out some game where the final score is going to be like seven to six, and he'll be like, oh, it's definitely a five-star yeah. game. Physical, 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 right? That's what he wants to see, great defense, and just seeing, you know, a bloodbath, as he would say. Well, I've got two that stand out to me. Do you want to go first, since you're the uh, guest, or do you want me to go first? It really doesn't matter. I actually have four, and, and a couple of them are like, you know, probably more like four-star, but because, again, the implications around them, I, 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 I want to highlight them. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with, um, we'll get into all the, the fours, too. I'm going I, I don't think this is going to be a very close game, but it's got to be on there. It's it's the actually the Saturday night game, yeah. Dolphins-Bills. I just feel like the Dolphins are kind of reeling, and the Bills kind of have some payback for the Dolphins. But it's still, it's got to be a five-star yeah, game. It's 18 combined wins. Right, definitely a five-star game, um, I would say, obviously, with the division and what it all, again, what it means, playoff implications. Because uh, if Miami beats Buffalo, technically, then you can have uh, a couple of weeks, I think, uh, what is it? Uh, the Bengals could potentially get in as like the number one seed if they end up winning out and the Chiefs lose another game. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot of implications around that, including in, in the division. But I, Tua doesn't understand how cold it is in Buffalo. He said yeah. it snows in Alabama, and yeah, I'm aware of it. And I think he was trying to play down the snow. It is on another level. You can, and, and the worst thing is that you can't do anything to prepare for it. Like, if it rains somewhere a lot, you can put water on the ball, right? Yeah. There's nothing you can do for, I don't know, 40-mile-per-hour uh, winds, uh, three to seven inches of snow, um, and it's, uh, I don't know, 20 degrees outside. I, yeah. I don't know how you make that up. So <laughs> Especially not in Miami. Right. You gotta get right, real creative right. in Miami to do that. It's the wind, right? I mean, the wind would be the one that would bother it, me. It cuts you. It cuts you. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. Not like I think the game's going to be like fifty-one to three or something because it's going to be cold. But I just I can't see Miami winning that game, especially after they already beat them in Miami earlier this year. Uh, the only other one I have is like a definitive five-star. 
and they just tied a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But the implication to be right now, you're looking at the six and seven seeds, and seven teams make the playoffs in the NFC. It's a big game survival wise for the Giants and the Commanders, and that's actually the Sunday night game. So that worked out pretty well for the NFL. Yeah, I have that on my list as well. Obviously, to your point, divisional game, playoff implications. Um, then I think about the head coaches, right? Brian Dable, uh, first year head coach, and is trying to mimic what Sean McDermott was able to do in Buffalo coming from that system his first year. We went to the playoffs after, what, a 17-year playoff drought. And so in seeing that culture, obviously they've kind of wavered a little bit here of late, but if they can finish this season off strong, they can potentially get in. And then on the opposite side, Ron Rivera. We talked about all the drama going around here. I think we talked about it you know, earlier um, earlier this morning, but changing of the name, investigation, selling of the team. Their, their star running back, right, Brian Robinson Jr., he was uh, shot earlier this before, I think in um, the preseason. Um, and they lost their starting quarterback. Obviously, Heineke has stepped in, but they still had to deal with, okay, well, are you going to be able to perform, Heineke? Because there's a reason why he was a backup, right? Yeah. And they still find themselves in a playoff uh, spot, an opportunity to win. You could say maybe it's because of the division, but they've been playing some good fo- inspired football behind Heineke. They are 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight, with their last eight games. So that sounds like a hockey record when you say 6-1-1. One, one. You don't usually yeah. get that third uh, category, but they are. They're 6-1-1. One, and one. They were on bye last week. They played the Giants before that. So here we go. Uh, yeah, they're one of the hottest teams in football. And Taylor Heineke... It just feels like every time they bring him in, I know it's not always pretty, but they they are competitive, and sometimes they win. They almost took out Brady. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just get excited for him. Um, and he almost took out Brady a couple of years ago, and I was always, I know, is he going to get his shot? And then they end up bringing in another quarterback. Maybe it was Wentz or somebody. They always bring somebody, somebody in. Somebody in for him. And they him. probably will next year, too. Yeah, yeah. No. Just because of his measurables probably aren't off the chart, obviously. Uh, what other ones do you have? Those are my two that, that yeah, really stood out. Uh, the other ones that are kind of borderline, and this is because if you you don't know me, I am next to Stephen A. Smith, uh, the Dallas hater of, of all time, right? So <laughs> Dallas, Jacksonville, right? They're sitting comfortably in the in the in leading the, in the NFC East, but Jacksonville is also a very good young team. Uh, when you look at them play, um, obviously their record is is I think is more reflective of their youth than their talent. And hopefully this can be the start of the Dallas demise. And how cool would it be if Jacksonville jump starts a four game losing streak for the for the boys and they find themselves some way out of the playoffs or stumbling into the playoffs and losing the first round right that would just be excellent for me because everybody's all high on the cowboys but they did struggle with the texas last week so that's why i have it for me it's my personal five-star game because i just want to see the jacksonville smack around the cowboys if, a bit. if jacksonville beats the cowboys that is a five-star game retroactively yeah. <laughs> anytime the cowboys want to lose the only problem with your plan and i like it where they lose four in a row and they're like stumbling into the playoffs. They tend... I think it's more likely they stumble in their opening playoff game and just bow out way before they're supposed to, which is ultimately yeah. the same result, right? I mean, it is the Cowboys. But They've, they got the Eagles, they play the Titans, and then they have another divisional game in the Commanders. And so I, I can just see this being the beginning of the end form where they stumble in, much like what the Cardinals did, right? They may still get in, but they're going to stumble in and then get trounced. And then get run out of the and first And that's going to be, you know, a great Christmas, a late Christmas present for me. <laughs> all ears are all smiles, right? I, look, I'm in, Doc. 
I'll sign up for that for sure. Uh, I, the other one that kind of I kind of liked was uh, was Tennessee and the Chargers, and it's two teams that are just kind of hovering. Tennessee doesn't have that division locked up. You just mentioned Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville's five and eight. It's not a great record. Jacksonville just beat Tennessee, and they're two games back. It's not inconceivable Tennessee loses this week. Justin Herbert's playing better. The Chargers, I, the Chargers are this team that I think is going to make the playoffs every year, and they didn't last year. And right now they're kind of on the outside looking in too. Right? Yeah, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries down there too. If you you know kind of have your ear to the ground uh, down in uh, L.A. Um, and it's, it's hard to overcome because on paper, much like you know the Denver Broncos and, and and what Stokely was talking about, you expected them to be yeah right there that whole division. And outside of the Chiefs, it's kind of been lackluster, right, or, or a huge letdown. And so I know a lot of them are contributing to, to injuries. Obviously, um, Herbert hasn't played to his standard, um, but that could again, you know, just dealing with injuries and not playing well. And so hopefully, though, it, uh, they, they're able to kind of rally because I, I, I like the Chargers a lot. Do you have another one? Um, but the other one that stood out, you know, Patriots Raiders. Um, again, I play for the Raiders, so I'm always looking for them. I, I, I they're still in it. Obviously, the Patriots are still playing for their their playoff livelihood too. Yeah, it feels like they're going to get in, doesn't it? They're just going to like weasel their way in, in some way with with old Bill and and doing your job. And even when your your offense hasn't been able to be explosive, but the Raiders, I, I think last week they might have faltered a little bit, but. They just have, I, I, and I know um, Jacobs is leading the Russian, right? You think about Devontae Adams, him and Carr have kind of found their, their rhythm. I think this could be a, a pretty good game as far as cat and mouse off, uh, off, offensively of the Raiders, defensively of the Patriots. Um, could be a solid game. They were the Raiders were picking it up. They had won three in a row, and then they lost that game to Baker Mayfield on Thursday yeah, night. That's what it was. And yep. So now, <laughs> yeah. when, when they had won three in a row, and it's like okay, you got the Rams, and the Patriots, and the Steelers coming up. You're like okay, you're going to make the playoffs. Now it's like okay, you lost that game. The Patriots have a good defense. The Steelers aren't bad, and then you got the Niners and Chiefs to end the year. So that's that's going to be tough. And the other game I would throw out there is, um, and I said this to Wolf last last week. I'm not putting any more Tom Brady Buccaneers games in five star games because I, I hate where oh, this is going, yeah, where they're right, going to get in with right. seven wins and win their division. But Buccaneers-Bengals is an interesting game. It's not yeah. a five-star game, but it is right. an interesting game because Cincinnati's like – Cincinnati could mess things up for yeah, some Yeah, no, they're legit. They're really legit. And, I mean, they've done it with through their injuries, too, of guys being out, um, especially with that dynamic uh, receiver core when you think about uh, Chase missing some games, Young being – or Boyd being out and still being able to find ways to win. And I, and I saw that game, too. And I was like, I'm not going to pick it. But because I'm not picking it, it's going to be a great game because Tom Brady's going to step up and it's just going to look like a different team for whatever reason this week. Yeah, of course. Um, but you, I couldn't do it based on how they've been playing all year. No, I just wanted to highlight it. I, I don't I don't love the game, although I can I, – I'm serious. I, it's not even a joke. I can, Brady's going to win that division with like seven or eight wins, get into the playoffs, and then take out Dallas in the first round. All right, oh. that was that was five-star and some other games when we come back. The Suns finally got a win last night and maybe – one of their important players started getting back on track. We'll tell you who next. It's Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.